The Reset Rebel Podcast with me, Joe Yule, and today we, as you can probably hear, are in a quite noisy environment uh, in London at the Live Well Festival, uh, which has been an absolutely gorgeous weekend uh, of just, yeah, really holistic, interesting brand events, uh, fitness classes, uh, panel talks. We've seen Johnny Wilkinson um, chatting to the Naked Professors podcast, which is incredible, and the one thing that's kind of really stood out to me um, a lot over the last sort of 24 hours is a real presence at this year's festival of mindful drinking brands and companies. Um, Obviously we're kind of really seeing a lot of people um, really becoming more aware I think of their um, intake of alcohol Um, and I just think walking around with a, a giant hangover at the weekend just isn't really a badge of honor like it kind of used to be um, maybe 10 or 20 years ago so there's a real conscious movement going on I think and I think this festival has really for me shone a bit of a light um, on that particular trend so I thought it'd be really good just to do a little episode um, this month on mindful drinking so with that in mind I'm joined by the very lovely lady from uh, La Maison. Hi um, thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. I'm glad that, that you are discovering the mindful drinking movement. Um, I'm Camille Vidal. I'm the founder of La Maison Wellness. And the idea of La Maison Wellness was born from my desire to inspire people to live well. And by living well, I mean to bring mindfulness into every aspect of their life. As um, a drink expert, a yoga and meditation teacher, and a healthy hedonist myself, I just wanted to inspire people to become mindful, not just in one area of their life, but a bit on everything, and to become more aware and more conscious of what they are putting in their body and the impact that it has on their body, but also on their minds. Having worked in the cocktail industry for 15 years, I really wanted to use my skills um, to create cocktails that would be delicious and as much as like an experience with um, still this wow factor, but just a bit more of a mindful approach to it. So either a lower ABV, so a lower alcohol content or a non-alcoholic cocktail, uh, but also the quality of the ingredients that goes into the glass and what can you put into the glass that will elevate the experience, not just thinking of removing the alcohol. Absolutely, I think that's absolutely crucial to have the high quality ingredients that go in to sort of make people feel good. I mean, that's the kind of primary reason that someone's going to give up alcohol in the first place. So you may as well have something in there that's going to really, you know, give someone a lift. And also, I think a lot of people turn to booze to relax, to switch off, to get out of their heads um, and kind of escape, really, from a hard day in the office, perhaps, or whatever's going on in their world. So I think to have something that really, you know, gives them that extra added. Um, infiltration of, of wellness into their life is a really positive angle. And loving the kind of ingredients that we've got going on on this table. You've been running some mindful workshops um, over the weekend. How have they yes. been going? It's been amazing. I mean, people love to make cocktail and really what I wanted to do with the mindful cocktail of La Maison Wellness was to share it with everyone for people to be able to make it at home. It's just so fun to make cocktail. It's so fun to play with flavor and to create that experience. And as you said, I think that like the ritual of a cocktail, the having this moment when you will make something that it looks beautiful, tastes amazing, that you share with friends. I mean, it goes above and beyond 
um, just the alcohol that you put in the glass. A cocktail moment is just much more than that. It's about feeling like you belong. It's about being able to connect with yourself, but with other people as well, and to really socialize. And I think that what we are seeing um, within my, this mindful drinking movement that we are growing and expanding and more and more people coming um, on board is becoming a mindful drinker is really empowering. I think it's a great way to really reconnect with yourself and understand how you can support yourself the best and what balance looks like to you and to be able to ask yourself the right question for that. Um, what made you become a mindful drinker? I mean, you've obviously, as you say, you're a yoga teacher and you teach meditation as well, which obviously has given you that greater sense of self-awareness. So I guess perhaps that's a, a natural evolvement. But equally, like, what was that maybe moment? I mean, have you given up drinking completely? I haven't given up drinking completely. Um, I don't really drink alcohol, but just I don't want to say, I don't want to put any label on myself. And I think that, like, for me is... I'm a, I'm a mindful drinker, which means that like I'm very aware of what I drink, when I drink it, how I drink it, with who I drink it, and I just feel like the less alcohol I drink, the less I want to drink alcohol. Because for me, a cocktail moment is about flavor, it's about an experience, it's about um, connecting with friends, and I don't need alcohol for that. And actually, the, the less I drink, the more I realize that I don't want to have the impact of alcohol on my body and my mind and you know you were saying about like it doesn't feel great to wake up on a weekend with a hangover but for me I always say mindful cocktail because I ain't got time for hangovers like you know I'm doing so many different things and I love everything that I do with La Maison Wellness from the teaching yoga meditation to inspire people to live well to show them how to make mindful cocktails that I just don't have time for that I just want to be able to have epic nights and early mornings I want to be able to get up in the morning with a clear head and all my energy but I also want to be able to have amazing evening out with my friend or hosting people over in my house so I think that it's really empowering when you start this journey of peeling off the layers and rediscovering yourself without feeling like you have to drink alcohol and I think that we are changing the way the world drinks I mean even taking the the UK as an example the market the non-alcoholic market has grown by 80% in the past year that means that like one in three adults in the UK has tried a non-alcoholic beer wine spirits cocktail in the past six months and that's above and beyond just dry January which is already huge like 4.2 million people took part of dry January last year so people want to become more mindful um, in their life in general and more aware of what they put in their body and that includes drinking and you just feel so good when you you know when you become a mindful drinker either you decided like you need to cut it out because that's what works for you or you moderate because you find the balance that you just feel so much better definitely the day after you feel better <laughs> I mean there's no doubt you know doubt in my mind that life is very different and I have been through patches myself of you know definitely being more mindful definitely drinking a lot less I've done you know over a month not drinking in the past as well I, li- I live in Ibiza though and I feel like you know it is one of those places where people in the sunshine are sitting out on the terraces you know having the odd glass of wine in the afternoon and I think that the drinking culture in Spain is actually a little bit different it's not so much how it is maybe in England where people pile down the pub after work they've only got a limited amount of time till you know 11 p.m or last orders at half 10 to get those drinks in and you know drink as much as possible before you know their next day in the office the misery recommences and I feel like you know life just isn't traditional like that in Ibiza Um, for the people that don't 
weren't born and bred there and the people that are probably listening to this podcast so that's what fascinates me um, and that's what's kind of brought me and, and wanted me to make you know this conversation with you is because you know you do see people in Ibiza that kind of live there they work the land they're farmers they're workers they're truckers they're you know quite physical jobs and they're they're in the bar drinking at you know eight o'clock seven o'clock in the morning so I go in for a coffee and there's one particular bar and it just it just intrigues me and I, I really would just you know would love to sit and chat to these people and sort of work out why it is that they're drinking beer or maybe hear bass or whatever it is at seven or eight in the morning what it is about their day or what's coming up or is it just tradition is it just conditioning what is it that's making them drink at that time in the morning it's a fascinating thing yeah. and I think that like we we are changing the the way that like we see alcohol like alcohol is so embedded in society it's like you have something to celebrate you want to celebrate with alcohol you had a bad day you definitely want to drink you know what I mean it seems to be always the answer and it's just about changing um, and opening minds I think that like even here at the Live Well Festival having done um you know, rounds of, uh, of masterclasses over the past few days. It has been so busy and actually people aren't especially 100% convinced before, but then they try to drink and they're like, this is so delicious. I think the, we just drink very often because of habits, because that's what other people are doing. Yes, of course, I'm going to have another glass of wine if everyone is having another one. You know, like we don't really sit back to be like, what do I really want? But also the lack of option. Like we've been very lucky in the past few years now. There is more and more option and, you you know, I mean, even with Lemmy's and Wellness, if you go on the website, you've got all my my recipes, all organized by time of the day on, like, knowing what you have for brunch, afternoon, dinner, and aperitif, etc. But it's, like, it's very new. Like, now that, like, there's more and more options available, like, for me, that's also how I became a mindful drinker is because I create so many recipes that are non-alcoholic or very low ABV that are made with good ingredients that I know that I can have an amazing evening with something that tastes delicious that will make me feel great and make me feel great the day after. And I think that the more we expand this option for people, the more slowly the relationship will change with alcohol. Because for me, a cocktail doesn't have to be alcoholic. Like, tasty doesn't have to be boozy. Like, we need option. And a cocktail is a moment, it's an experience, it's flavor. But it doesn't have to be alcoholic every single time. And that doesn't mean that it, it should always be on the other extreme and never, never, ever touching alcohol ever again, if that's something that you do with consciousness, with mindfulness, and you know that is the best quality of it. But it's about finding the balance and making sure that there is option for everyone. Because for me, that is the definition of hospitality. It's being able to make sure that everyone is looked after. Um, and that is the definition of living well, to make sure that like you have option for what the, whatever way you want to live. So where are you from originally? I'm from the south of France, so I definitely relate with this culture of um, slowing down, drinking um, more like the aperitif with some food and less of the pub culture or you're trying to bring many, many drinks in a very, very short time. Um, I think if you are appreciating a really good wine and you're just going to have the one glass and you are going to accompany that with some incredible cheese and some charcuterie or whatever it's going to be, it's going to, you know, I mean, I'm not, this podcast for me probably isn't really about persuading people not to drink, but I think that there's a definite point in the game, particularly in Ibiza, where people are, as you said, they're drinking to get drunk, they're drinking you know, for the wrong reasons. And I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with having the odd glass of wine absolutely. and really appreciating and enjoying it. But I think nice, there's a real culture, you know, particularly in England, but I'm definitely, you know, experiencing something in Ibiza which is more excessive and more yeah. extreme 
and you know I it happens to me you know even now sometimes unexpectedly you know just you get involved you get swept up in a, a night out with some good friends and before you know it you've had drunk way more than you plan to drink and I just think that that's a very you know it does come back to this mindfulness and this self-awareness and being very conscious about before you go out before you put yourself in a social environment with other people exactly as you said before is that you know what what is it you really want what's the outcome of this night what's the worst case scenario what's the best case scenario what, you know what do you actually want to get out of that evening and with whom and where do you want to end up and what time do you want to be in bed by yeah absolutely and I think that like just appreciating the moment as well like I totally agree with you there is nothing wrong with having a beautiful glass of wine with some good friends and some delicious cheese you know that's one of like life's simple pleasure but it's about how can you be more present how can you appreciate the flavor the moment more and that will make you slow down that will make you become more aware of oh actually um, maybe I, maybe it's time for me to have a glass of water maybe it's time for me to have something non-alcoholic um, I'm just going to skip one round and, uh, and just have a glass of water for this one or I'm going to switch to non-alcoholic because I know that like I had enough for the evening that I want to have I think that sometimes we just as you say get like swept into the evening and we just end up drinking too much and because of the effect of alcohol on our brain we want more and because the connection aren't happening as like quickly you don't really realize that actually you've had one too many already you know and so I think that like self-awareness is key in living well um, in being able to connect with yourself and with others so but if you so you come from the south of France you've obviously you know got involved in this mindful movement which I'm absolutely loving but you had a connection previously to working with alcohol brands is that correct yeah I worked for um, 15 years in hospitality industry I was um, a global ambassador for beautiful French brands um, called Saint-Germain which is an elderflower liqueur I work with the best cocktail bars and bartenders around the world I barten myself in so many incredible um, cocktail bars and actually having become um, a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher I had that moment when I was like do I not belong in this industry anymore do I don't want to create drinks again what like what is where am I going and that was very much before I launched La Maison Wellness and I sat down and I wrote down everything that I love about cocktail and it was the creativity the the playing with flavor, the creating an experience. Everything that I wanted to do was to like inspire people to live well, to help them to connect with themselves, but also with others. We live in, in the world where we're busy all the time, and that's the badge that we wear as pride. And we are highly connected through social media, but actually feeling very isolated way too often. So I wanted to help people to connect. I wanted to build a community. And when I listed all of that, nothing said alcohol. And I was like, I can absolutely do that without it. And I wanted to provide an offer for people to have something that will taste delicious, be an experience, but will be either low in alcohol or non-alcoholic or packed with amazing ingredients that will taste delicious and make them feel like they are elevating the experience rather than just feeling like they are second guest, you know, or second guest, or they're ordering something from the kids' menu. Which so what's your, what's your favorite non-alcoholic cocktail? What are you going to make for us today? Oh, my favorite. I think my favorite is, it depends on like the time of the day, the season, have I had food before, who am I with? So it will be hard for me to pick one. Um, I love a spritz. That's definitely a style of drink that like I love doing, which will be with um, like a sparkly cocktail. What I'm making today is actually the cocktail that I created for Live Well Festival. Um, 
It's inspired by a cocktail called the Tom Collins, which is normally gin, lemon juice, sugar, and lengthen with soda water. So like a sour gin, but long and refreshing. Mm. Delicious, <laughs> right? Especially like on the beautiful hot afternoon in Ibiza, I can definitely see that. But so for this cocktail, um, I'm making a mindful version of it that is non-alcoholic. I'm using Sea Arch, which is a beautiful non-alcoholic spirit and an alternative to gin. Um, it's quite funny because when we talk about spirits, very often you think alcohol, right? But actually the definition of spirits said that it has to be distilled. It doesn't say that it has to be alcoholic. So for this, Sea Arch is actually a distillation of different botanicals. One is juniper, which is very much your classic um, botanicals when it comes to gin. And then um, some sea kelp, some samphire, some blood orange. So very citrusy, but also a little bit of like saltiness, which works really, really well in the cocktail because it lifts the flavor up. It's funny because I, I did actually try that yesterday and the colors of it are basically the exact same as a brand in Ibiza called Sal de Ibiza. So it's very funny that that is... It's got a sort of slight saltiness to it. I know, I love that. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful brand. And then to that, um, I'm going to add some lemon juice, so similar as like the, the classic Tom Collins. Um, again, when you use citrus in your cocktail, you want to use fresh citrus because you really want to have the vitamin C, the antioxidant. And then I made this delicious cucumber syrup which I'm using organic cucumber, just juicy. The reason why I'm using organic is because I want to be able to keep the skin on. That's where you have all the vitamins, the nutrients, and also what's give the beautiful bright green color of the syrup. And then I'm sweetening it with organic blue agave syrup. So again, a beautiful alternative to refined sugar, something that um, is delicious and add the sweetness that you need in the cocktail to balance it, but staying away from the refined sugar. Then I'm using coconut water. I mean, so many people have been doing so many classes during this festival. I wanted something that will taste delicious, but also that will be like really hydrating for them. Um, and coconut water is like six times more hydrating than regular water. Um, it's also a very good source of potassium. And then um, shaking up with some fresh basil. So basil and cucumber works really well together. It gives this like green notes and really refreshing. And then topping it up with kombucha so the lemonade kombucha from number one living so kombucha I love is the fact that this is Johnny Wilk this is the talk that I went to yesterday about his you know feeding life with life and the fact that he puts you know obviously this living organic yeah. you know uh, bacteria obviously into his vessel which he was sort of saying about you know how the kind of cells regenerate and yeah. you know we are living organisms and we should be putting living food inside of us so I, was, I really really love this brand that he's created it really was amazing to hear him talk about it yesterday and it's so amazing to like you know to be able to replenish the good bacteria in your in your digestive system and to work on that gut health in a way that tastes delicious with cocktail also because it's non-alcoholic um, and it's sugar free as well which is also rare for kombucha yeah and it's sugar free non-alcoholic but also in this cocktail you really get to like the benefits of the ingredients because you don't have the effect of alcohol so you know sometimes you'll be like cool you're having a delicious cocktail but you also for example with coconut water it's like amazing it's super hydrating but alcohol actually dehydrates so it's a bit of like counterbalance when in this you really get all the benefits from the delicious ingredients that we're putting in the shaker and in the glass let's go should we make the drink sounds good to me i'm very excited amazing so um you can find the recipe on lemisandwellness.com you can also find the how to make video on the youtube channel i'm going to start off with 50 ml of the sea arch so the non-alcoholic spirit then 20 ml of the cucumber syrup and then i'm going to put 20 ml of 
the delicious cold press coconut water. And then I'm going to squeeze 20 ml of lemon. Loving the smell of that cucumber. I know. And oh, the lemon so is so nice as well because um, all citrus essential oils, so what you get in the skin, are really um, uplifting. So you can see that, like, even just now, like, the smell of the citrus really lifts you up. Well, we have, that's one thing we're not sure of in Ibiza is, uh, is a few lemons. Lemons and oranges are literally abundant. They are everywhere. And I'm sure they're like super juicy and also very sweet because of the sunshine. So divine. That sounds incredible. So I just added some fresh basil into the shaker and then I'm going to shake it quickly and pour it over ice. I don't want to sing a really cheesy Tom Cruise song there, but I won't. <laughs> Tempting. <laughs> And then when it comes to like shaking cocktails, um, for non-alcoholic, you don't want to shake it for too long, especially because we're pouring it over ice and, um, and the non-alcoholic spirit are water-based. So you just want to make sure that like you shake it a little bit, you mix the ingredients, you get some air into the cocktail, but not too long, so you're not over-diluting. And then I'm just going to top it up with the kombucha. You never want to shake something with um, an ingredient that is carbonated, otherwise your shaker is going to explode. So I'm just going to top it up. Um, we don't need that right now. No, we don't. And that's it. I'm just going to mix the ingredients together and then garnish with a lemon will and some fresh basil. And that's it. This is your Live Well cocktail. Have a sip. Thank you so much. I'm going to, I'm going to go in. Here we go. Oh, my God. That is really, really good. Light, refreshing, but still has the complexity and the layers that comes from the non-alcoholic spirits. The ingredients are blend together so nicely. It's really balanced. It's not sweet, which very often when it comes to non-alcoholic cocktail, it's, it's fruity, really, yeah. really sugary. Yeah. When it is, you don't have any nasties. Um, the sweetness comes from a beautiful alternative to refined sugar. It's really balanced. It's actually a bit more on the dry side. And it's just really, really refreshing. I'm going to show people what... Uh what you've created. There you go. Light, Very refreshing, delicious. and the color is so beautiful as well. And it feels like it's sophisticated, it's elegant. Um, you don't feel like you're just having a juice when sometime, um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a delicious juice, but sometimes you just want something that looks like a cocktail, that feels like a cocktail. And I'm pretty sure that like, if I had given you that without telling you that it was alcohol-free, you would never have guessed. I'm, I'm with you. It really does, there's a slight... Yeah, I mean, slight aftertaste that is obviously very basil-y and cucumbery, but sort of almost taste. I know that it's from the 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 sea um, botanicals. Yeah, it's just it's gorgeous actually, and I would actually way rather, in fact, if I had the option in Ibiza, as you said, to drink something that's not too sweet um, and very hydrational, that would be my absolute Absolutely. dream in like July and August, particularly. Yeah, and I think that's like. You know, people always say to me, so you don't drink alcohol? And it's not that I don't want to drink alcohol. It's just that I have so many options like this that taste delicious, that make me feel so great, that I just don't want to. You know, it's like, yes, sometimes I will say yes to a glass of wine. But if I have an option that is mindful like this cocktail and tastes amazing, I'd rather have that, actually. Can we kidnap you and get you over to Ibiza this summer yes, and set absolutely. up a little pop-up bar or something? I will absolutely love, love that. Um, 
definitely. I love doing master classes. I run retreats where I teach yoga, meditation, but also cocktails. And I would love to come to Ibiza. <laughs> well, I have actually got a retreat that I'm running um, this summer. So maybe we'll uh, get you over to do some master classes. That could be a perfect end to um, a perfect day. Amazing. I'm looking forward to it. And we'll definitely appreciate some sunshine because living in the UK, I love it. I love London. But gosh, we need more sun- sunshine for well, sure. You know, the one number one thing I noticed when I moved to Ibiza um, was that, you know, it, for me, when I was actually living in Brighton prior to, to moving there, was that really most Sundays and I would say predominantly most of my social occasions always take place down the pub. Now, we all know what happens down the pub in England. Um, it is a very social, wonderful place. And of course, you can obviously just not drink there. You don't have to drink. But as we just discussed, there's a real boozy culture going on in England. And I do find despite what we just talked about, you know, I don't actually drink as much because most of my social engagements aren't down the pub. There isn't really a pub that we go to there. It's like, you know, I'm going on a hike or I'm going to the beach or, you know, there might be a bottle of wine on the go, but it's not like sitting there ordering pint after pint after pint or glass of wine after wine after wine. So, you know, I think that that's a very healthy environment. The sunshine brings more outdoorsy opportunities and ways to interact that aren't around sitting around drinking a bottle of red by the fire in the wintertime, freezing. Absolutely. And I mean, like, I think that it is changing in the UK slowly. We are still lucky that, like, London is actually um, very pioneer when it comes to mindful drinking. And loads of brands are being launched here. Um, I mean, Club Soda was the mindful drinking festival, Laura, the founder. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of work to do here. And we will, we could do with more light and sh- sunshine and more time outside, as you said. Like, that's something that uh, I love in the south of France and in southern Europe being able to like go outside go for a walk um, and enjoy an aperitif but in a much more mindful way nice thank you so so much for talking to us it's been an absolute pleasure and good luck with your new Channel 4 show I know I'm excited thank you so much for having me So we're into part two of today's uh, sober uh, exploration of the Reset Rebel podcast, still sitting here at the Live Well Festival in Old Billingate Market. As you can probably hear, a little bit of a cacophony in the background, but I'm, I'm very happy to be joined by the lovely lady from... The club soda, looking very sweaty there. Yeah, I've just done an exercise class with Kelly Holmes, which is, I think, a dream come true. I don't know. <laughs> I'm being with Kelly Holmes, probably doing an exercise class. Not so sure. <laughs> what was what was dream come true about doing a, a class with Kelly? Well, actually, I I went on a big fitness kick last year and did lots of running and working out, and then I got an injury and I've slowed down, and so actually doing that class today is about getting back on track which I guess all of us are trying to do with our health all of the time it is a slippery old slope isn't it once you get off the fitness train and uh, the witness the fitness campaign goes right out the window and um, it is quite hard to resaddle and get back on the old horse now you get to sit next to me while I'm all sweaty well, it's, it's a beautiful thing I'm trying not to get too close but um, with the nature of podcasting my, my uh, long arm stick was not packed in my uh, my luggage this week oh excellent um, you were saying, uh, interesting, I hope you don't mind me mentioning it, but you were just sort of admiring the selfie that you took after that uh, 
particular class with Kelly and you were saying you've got another picture of you how many years ago looking a little bit different before you gave up drinking? So um, I was quite involved in the lead up to the Olympics Um, I've got a background in politics so I spent a lot of time going around London talking to people about why we should have the Olympic Games somewhere on the line I had a picture taken with Kelly Holmes where I'm wearing a big baggy shirt and I've got long scraggly hair and a really puffy face and it was in my drinking days and um and I keep looking at it and I never want to share it with anybody. And um, regardless of how sweaty and terrible and how gurning my face is in this picture, I can really see the difference. And whenever I worry about or think about, you know, should I start drinking again or how has the last eight years of not drinking impacted on me, that photo shows it all really. Not one of your proudest moments then? Not one, <laughs> not one for the mantelpiece? No, it's quite, um, yeah, well, you know, sometimes we need to be reminded. So maybe it is one for the mantelpiece, eh? Well, you know, I I think there's absolutely no harm in celebrating, you know, the goals and the achievements that we basically don't necessarily celebrate enough. And I think, you know, it's easy to forget how far we've come and the things that we've actually moved on from and the progress that we've made. And I I just don't think there's enough attention made sometimes to the progress and and all these small milestones. We're always looking forward to the other thing that we need to change and we're forgetting how far we've come. And actually, I'm always reminded that, I mean, um, eight years since giving up drinking, it's still giving to me. I couldn't do the things that I'm doing now if I hadn't given up drinking. And just because I didn't become an Olympic athlete straight after giving up drinking, I still couldn't do all the things that I'm doing now around fitness if I hadn't. So nothing has to happen immediately, but it's, it's a bit like building blocks. I think what was interesting, yesterday I attended the Johnny Wilkinson talk with um, the Naked Professor, Ben, one of a a good friend of mine, interviewing him. And and he was sort of saying, you know, you have these goals, which obviously for him was to be the best rugby player in the world. And I'm sure that resonates if you're kind of into fitness and you've worked with people in the run-up to the Olympics. And that was his, you know, that was his master plan from a very, very, very young age. And I, I can imagine that eight years ago, before you gave up drinking, you had this potential goal looming in the distance to 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 give up drinking but I don't know you know particularly people I've spoken to in the past on this on this show about giving up booze whether you know that necessarily always solves the problem because a lot of people not necessarily have to have a problem to give up drinking I'm just saying but for a lot of people you know giving up or quitting alcohol kind of opens the doors to a lot of emotion and awareness of, of other things that are going on that perhaps drinking masks yeah, I think what's really important to know is that in, in the UK we've been taught that alcohol is a cure-all. It's um, there to make you happier, it's there to, to comfort you when you're sad, when you're lonely. You can drink it when you're hungry and not feel so hungry. So many things, it's very normalised using it and we don't often question it. And so as we go through life, from you know, for some of us, um, particularly in the Ladette generation, which is where I am, um, started drinking at 14, um, we haven't realised how much alcohol has held us back all of the time. And it's only when it may creep up beyond where we feel comfortable that we begin to question it and so for me so I'm I'm a I'm a campaigner by background I've been campaigning since I was 14 I got an MBE when I was 30 um, for my work in the community being um, attached to um, causes taking action on things that I cared about was really important to me I've always felt I'm a people person and the and what happened to me was a couple of things so I've always been a big drinker so it was never really in doubt that I could really pack it away and I certainly did what everyone does which is um, use alcohol um, for many variety of reasons 
And then I ended up in a job which I didn't enjoy where I felt that I wasn't living my values and my drinking then went up a notch again. And that's when it really began to scare me. And all those things that I thought were me, you know, I thought I was a people person, that I was somebody who could take action on behalf of other people who didn't have a voice. I began to doubt I was that person anymore because you can't do that when you're continually hungover, right? So I thought, well, maybe all these things that I knew about myself were wrong. It turns out it wasn't that those things were wrong. It's that alcohol was getting in the way. It was dulling my senses. It was robbing me of energy. Have I really been so crazy too? It was making me a person that I didn't particularly like. It made me feel guilty and resentful. And um, as soon as I gave up drinking, um, I, I, it, it was like... Um, you know, it, it was like suddenly being awake for the first time in many, many years. And, um, and I began to feel like I was that person again. My, I was beginning to live my values. And I think that's important to all of us. You don't have to be some campaigner to want to live your values. But you will know if alcohol is beginning to affect your relationships, how you talk to other people, how you engage with the world, what you do with your time, whether you do exercise or not. And if you're finding that alcohol is stopping you doing any of those things that you thought were really crucially important to you as a person, then dialing it down a bit and looking to moderate or going alcohol free for a period of time might be one way that you could have a look at whether alcohol is stopping you being the person that you want to be. I like what Ruby Warrington, who wrote a book um, not so long ago, I think it launched at the beginning of last year, it was, um, she describes it as being sober curious and I think that that is a really lovely kind of exploration and the thing that, you know, none of us, whether we drink in moderation or not, uh, or drink to excess or whatever situation we're in currently is, you know, that's not a bad place to begin for anyone just to at least take a look at what the other avenues of opportunity are there and to at least take stock, I think, of like how much we are drinking because I think, you know, particularly in England, I mean, this podcast comes out in Ibiza, but I think, you know, anyone anywhere probably drinks more than they think and more than is probably in keeping with what's really, really good for us. And I think actually... A lot of people that have been on this podcast, who have been people that have been alcoholic or given up drinking at somewhere along the game, seem to be some of the most successful, brilliant, hilarious, gregarious, you know, huge characters. And I think that somehow people, you know, maybe use booze because they're not, like, fulfilling their full potential. They've got so much that they could give. There's, there's so much intelligence, there's so much intellect and possibility that they don't really know what to do with it. Yeah, in, in some ways we've got very caught up in a very binary discussion over the last sort of 70 years in that you're either an alcoholic or not. Now, alcoholic isn't even a medical condition, it's an identity. And it makes it sound like it's very binary. You've either got a problem or you haven't got a problem. When, of course, as Ruby points out and other people point out, um, you don't need to drink very much for it to impact on your life. And, and, it, and it impacts different people in different ways. But ultimately, it will impact on you. Either it, it means you eat a kebab on the way home when you weren't planning to um, eat one. It means you might spend money on taxes when you didn't want to. It could affect the way that you take your medication. And particularly if you're on mental health medication, it can really um, affect that. So you don't need to drink very much for it to impact on you. So beginning to take stock of, of what it is that you're hoping to achieve with your life and whether taking alcohol may make it out may make a difference and let's put it this way it's not going to do you any harm to take a month off drinking 
I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You just don't drink for a month, right? Personally, I reckon three months is a charm because I think you'll begin to feel the effects of not having had alcohol in your body after three months and you would have approached many normal social situations without alcohol for the very first time. So three months is certainly a charm. But it's not going to do you any harm and you will learn an awful lot about yourself. What have you learnt about yourself since you quit drinking eight years ago? Massive amounts, um, which is that... um, uh, for me, um, I, I perform best when I've got energy. Alcohol robbed me of all my energy, my ability to listen to other people, hear what they're saying and think about how I, I take action based on what I hear and I'm very much an activator person. Um, it's, um, for me, um, there were some really early indicators. I know most people think they want to lose a stone. You know, I'm going to take a month off drinking, I'm going to lose a stone immediately. It doesn't work quite like that because you may want to smash Haribo into your face for the first month because your sugar cravings will go up. But hey, you can deal with that later. But for me, the puffiness in my face went really, really quickly. My face was very round and very puffy. And within two weeks, it had just started to slim down. It was very immediate. My blood sugar levels came down to um, pre-diabetic, from pre-diabetic to normal. Lots of people talk about their resting heart rate coming down within a matter of weeks of changing their drinking. Other people find their sleep has improved. If you think about alcohol as as impacting on nearly every part of our body, from our eyesight to our teeth, all the way through to you know um, our, our, our blood sugar levels and so on, you might be able to find that there are things that will improve that help you achieve other health goals. And for me, it, it was just like a domino effect. Um, I First of all, I felt more energy, and second, my face started to slim down, and then, and then third, I was able to make better decisions about um, how I ate food. I was able to get out of the job that was making me miserable and take a 50% pay cut because I managed my money so much better without drinking, and I wasn't buying... You know, everyone else drinks every evening I was out to justify me staying out. All of those sort of things that you do when you're drinking and trying to justify your being the the life and soul of the party. So um, I call it like a hundred little epiphanies and I'm still learning about myself now. I've noticed actually very recently, it's my latest epiphany, that um, I have the capacity to work every moment I am awake. It makes me wonder if sometimes my drinking was associated with managing to stop myself from working and now I have to deal with my work issues, my work problem. Um, and I'm, I'm using all the tools we use to help people become moderate drinkers in Pub Soda towards moderating drinking, uh, uh, working. So I've set myself some goals, I've found some things to put in place of work, um, I've set some rules around when and when I won't work, all those things you do for moderating drinking as well. So we're, we're, we're complicated beasts, but I can guarantee you that taking alcohol out or reducing the amount you drink will really help you meet some of your other goals. I think it's just so interesting at this festival, um, obviously normally when I come to this kind of thing, it's a lot of yoga, it's a lot of like legging brands, it's a lot of, um, yeah, different kinds of like, you know, energy balls and dates and, you know, foods. But this one seems to be, for me, what I'm kind of wandering around going, wow, there's a lot of non-alcoholic uh, brands here. There's a lot of incredible um, botanical uh, drinks um, fusion stands going on there's workshops how to make mindful cocktails and I just feel in general um, obviously you know not drinking is not new necessarily but it does feel like there's a hell of a lot more focus 
um, in the last 12 months on a lot of people that are moving away from this kind of you know um, societal norm of going out and boozing heavily all weekend um, and you know waking up on Monday morning feeling like you know death basically I don't there's a lot of, you know wellness is a very massively expanding industry and I know that there is a lot of younger people now thinking that drinking and is just not that cool anymore and you know being well being healthy having a good physique and taking care of oneself is really much more you know maybe it's just the Instagram generation but there does seem to be a real movement towards moving away from booze yeah it's cross-generational shift um, which is why I think it's really interesting because it's making it more sticky if you see what I mean so I'll always describe it as this which is younger people are drinking less to begin with they are um, more money conscious but definitely more conscious around their mental health and where alcohol fits in with anxiety and so they they're choosing to drink less to begin with so same behavior but um but different motivation and then my generation those that are over 40 you know um, have been partying it hard and thought equality was all about um, drinking the pints in equal measure with the boys we've now realized that we can eat as much kale as we like but we're undoing all that hard work if we're knocking back a bottle of wine in the evening and our, and so again the behavior we want is the same we want to drink less but we need a bit more help to change our drinking because we've got a good 20 years career of drinking behind us which has fundamentally altered our brain and our and our impulses every emotion that we've dealt with since our, we were 14 has probably been dealt with through the lens of booze and so the challenge if you're a bit older and you've been drinking for a while is a bit different but because both sections of society both those sort of age groups are now beginning to look at what alternatives there are because we still want a great night out but we don't necessarily want to have alcohol but we want an equal experience that this market has come in to fill that with alcohol free drinks which is now the growth market in drinks in the UK and the UK is a world leader in this I go I'm speaking in the states next year and the states are going how is it that Britain is is this booming space for low and no alcohol drinks can you imagine we're leading a trend in not drinking I, I just find it amazing well I mean I live in Ibiza and um, you know it's notorious and just so you know embarrassing basically to kind of walk down the west end and see the predominant race of uh, really drunken you know out of control people do tend to be British and it's not something that I feel terribly proud of when I'm wandering around um, you know we've all seen those kinds of documentaries about the behavior that goes on and it's it's not a blame game it's just like you know ultimately there are moments when I'm not that proud to be British and I think it's you know it's it is inspiring and, and brilliant that you know this attention has finally been uh, shone on this kind of like you know money-making opportunity as well as a lot of people taking, you know, their health a little bit more seriously. You know, it's it's when you've done something as a as a country for such a long time, it almost feels like it's compulsory. A bit like marriage and having kids as well, to be honest. Um, and what once you begin to discover that these things aren't compulsory and that you have permission to do something different, then I think that's a bit of a game changer. And so what's beginning to happen now is pubs and bars and restaurants are now stocking more low and no. So they're automatically giving you permission to come out and not drink in a space that you always thought was about drinking for me it's just another dietary preference like being vegan or vegetarian so it's great that they're catering for it but once you're given permission once this is not drinking comes out of the shadows and into I guess popular language so you'll see that yesterday we had a a panel which had um, several people under 30 who are big on Instagram uh, around not drinking once you begin to get people talking very openly about it 
and changing the language and shifting the perspective around it and saying you know this is all about choice and it's it's okay even if you just want to cut down you know you can do that and it is possible that's when I think things will begin to change a lot more it doesn't mean that people won't be drinking and that people don't drink at the moment and that there isn't loads of drinking to excess going on there is it's um um, but the more we can create a society I mean Club Soda's goal is to create a world where nobody feels out of place not drinking so we do that by giving you the tools to go out and navigate a very alcoholcentric world but we also um, you know have our guide clubsodaguide.com which helps navigate you around all the pubs and bars and restaurants that are committed to giving you a brilliant experience whether you're drinking or not so you no longer have to deal with a uh, somebody behind the bar if you ask for an alcohol free beer going what you mean water I'm treating you like you're a bit of a dick <laughs> that's obviously happened to you before I can yeah, tell loads and, and I get stories about it all the time and I love it when people are far more active consumers and say well actually you know guys you know you've just lost a sale and I'm about to take my three mates who are also drinking away with me so you either provide me with a really lovely drink or or we're, we're, we're going to vote with our feet and go somewhere else and I think you know, I'm not an advocate of alcohol-free but only bars. I want bars to have a good range for everybody because for me, this is about creating an equal experience for everyone that comes into a venue and also keeping our pubs and bars open and alive. You know, at the end of the day, they're open, you know, from lunchtime onwards and most people don't drink at lunchtime, but they could have an alcohol-free beer. They could have an alcohol-free gin and tonic and we need to carry on using those venues, you know, if we want to keep them. And I think they're a really important part of our social fabric and the one thing that hasn't changed of course is that we all still want to be social we want to meet friends and we want to be together so it doesn't matter about the strength of the drink in your glass it matters that the venue gives a shit that you're there i mean well they're just missing a trick now because as we've just discussed it it really seriously is on the rise and i think you know what what are you making of these um, mindful drinking workshops here that we've just seen from this lady who's now on uh, Channel 4, oh, doing the brand oh, show. She's so amazing. Lovely Our previous Camille. guest. I love Camille for a couple of reasons. One is, is that people continue to ask me to make cocktails. And I, I would be the worst advocate for making, you know an alcohol-free cocktail. And so I just always send them to Camille and say, look, she's got an amazing YouTube channel. Have a look at her stuff. She's the person to make your cocktail. I'm the person to come and tell you, you know, how you can integrate low and no into your pub and bar, um, why you might want to do this, what the economic case is. You know, we fall into our roles, right? I'm a campaigner by background. I want to give you all the information you need to, to serve a, a very diverse um, community in your venue. And then if you want someone to design you a house cocktail um, for your alcohol-free range, and Camille's the girl. And for me, that's really important. Being collaborative in this space is really important because, um, you know, I met with Ruby last week and recorded for our podcast. We've all got a part to play in this and we're all reaching different parts of the... Or, or different audiences but collectively we all want to achieve the same goal which is to make sure that everyone feels that they can be really comfortable if they decided not to drink well yeah i'm glad you mentioned your podcast there and i'm great i'm really glad that ruby's been on it i've invited her onto the reset rather i'm hoping she's actually gonna um get on as well she here she, no she's up for it we've been talking about it for a while just trying to find the time when it's uh, suiting both of us but what's the name of the podcast uh, so we're the club soda community podcast and so we're on all the the, the general platforms it's a crowdsourced podcast so send in some stuff if you've got a st- your story you want to share if you've got an event coming up we also share other people's events on our website we're trying 
trying to be that collaborative space for for um, places where you can turn up and then find other people who are also changing their drinking. So you get a chance to realise that it's it's not people with two heads, and we've all shared similar experiences. And the sky doesn't fall in if you go out and don't drink. This is all very very true, and I'm looking forward to making a little uh, Ibiza insert on your podcast. I think that it would be, be very awesome. interesting to go and explore what sort of avenues of opportunity exist in Ibiza when you are um, on the one year no beer I cannot tell you how many people would love uh, the ultimate guide to the best places to get low and no alcohol drinks in Ibiza and that includes like when I was last in Ibiza I I hit the kombucha from all the health food shops hard as well because you've got some great um, local brews around as well so I think my favourite is well obviously you've got the Zero Zero San Miguel which is fair to middling it's not really something I particularly enjoy drinking Um, but there's um, this brilliant beard brand called Volt Dam which I used to drink it's really strong it's really dark and it's just really highly alcoholic and delicious but um, they now do one called Free Dam which I love because obviously the play on words and it's um, gluten free as well so if anybody's on a gluten free diet that's one of the the gluten free alcohol free beers I just just love that it's called Free Dam and it's delicious and I can just go out and drink that happily and just feel amazing the next morning which for me is just everything and to be able to get up do my yoga practice I mean that's the one thing that goes straight out the window if I've had you know a boozy yeah. night is like I don't want to get into downward facing dog and feel my head throbbing and my fingers all swollen oh gosh I couldn't it's, even it's, imagine that now <laughs> no but it's you know it's it's yeah it's just not a pleasant place to be so you know it is nice to wake up absolutely fresh as a daisy and I can totally see you know why this is going to be such a growing industry and it's really important to know that changing drinking doesn't mean that you spend your rest of your life wrestling and resisting not drinking um i don't want to drink anymore because i this is the life that i want to lead and i wouldn't give that up for the world so um i've been there i've done that i've got the t-shirt on the on the drinking and the boozy nights out and the dancing till five in the morning which i can still do by the way um but dancing under the influence of of drugs and drink so um did you go to AA in the first instance or anything like that how did you give up drinking I I gave up drinking I set a day I found a workshop to go on and I spent a day um, doing that I found somebody to give up with me that's a whole nother story that would take another podcast but anyway um, uh, but I gave up with somebody else I, I, I set a day told my friends so I had some accountability the look on their face was pure joy they were all really happy I had made the decision um, and I began to, um, to fill my life with other things. I carried on going to the pub as much as I did before because, you know, politics meets in the pub and it felt like I had a superpower. And every time I went to the pub and didn't drink, I, my superpower got stronger. It was amazing. So um, I, I, I didn't go to AA because it really isn't for me in terms of um, the disease-based model. And also because it's very um, religious-based, but but definitely being with other people who are changing their drinking is a really good thing to do. So find communities online like Club Soda that are free to join. Um, you know, sign up to Camille's um, uh, YouTube and watch her stuff. Read all the quit lit that's out there. We've got a book, and you know, Ruby Sober Curious book is excellent. Um, just engross yourself in the subject and begin to learn how you plan to deal with your evenings out um, and it gets easier and easier the longer longer you do it for and it's amazing how much you can fit into a weekend when you're not hungover I mean, that's so long I was made to fall in love with you 
like I say, it's not going to do you any harm to take a break and see how that feels for you and begin to reassess where alcohol fits into your life and the person that you want to be. And to be honest, that's the most important thing, which is working out the life that you want to live. It's okay having a headline that says, oh, I must, I must cut down drinking because I know it's too much. That's not enough. You need to know, actually, I want to change my drinking because I want to be more productive at work. I want to do more exercise. I want to stop being grumpy and snappy with everybody. I want to be a better grandparent. Um, I want to be able to dance till five in the morning and not fall over. I want to not eat kebabs on the way home. You may have many big reasons, and uh, changing the way you drink and taking some alcohol out of your life is one way you can do that. Amazing. I think we've literally covered everything there, and I just love this club soda um, idea and getting a community together and finding your superpower and just feeling stronger every time you go out and socialise in a space where, yeah, everybody else is doing something you're not. I mean, why would you want to be just doing the same as everybody else anyway? I think that's what this podcast is all about is resetting and rebelling uh, in equal measure absolutely and i think in a world that's continually trying to get you drunk not drinking is an act of rebellion absolutely join the rebellion great thank you so much for joining us here on the reset rebel podcast at the live well festival in london what a beautiful weekend it has been reset Reset Rebel Coming to you 